This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Rick Siegmund. Rick Siegmund, brick and mortar business. That is his focus. So congratulations, Rick. If you guys want to win 100 bucks every Monday on the show, in order to enter, simply subscribe to the show on iTunes now and then text the word Nathan to 33444. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444. Top Tribe, you're listening to episode 315 of The Top. Coming up tomorrow morning, you're going to hear from John Bowen. He's the secret financial consultant to Silicon Valley's wealthiest, richest, and most powerful. You're not going to want to miss it. Top Tribe. Good morning, everybody. Our guest this morning is Jess Butcher, and she's a co-founder of Blipper, the world's leading mobile visual browser, currently enjoying rapid international growth as one of the most promising unicorns on the global tech scene. As CMO, that is Chief Marketing Officer, she's led Blipper to 60 million app downloads in less than five years and with a blue chip client roster. She's the recipient of numerous awards, including Fortune's Most Powerful Female Entrepreneurs and BBC's Global 100 Women. Jessica, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Let's have some fun. Okay. First things first. What is Blipper and how do you make money? Okay. So um, how we talk about what we do is sort of transitioned quite a bit over the last uh, <laughs> five years. But uh, uh, your, your, your summary just then was very, very apt. We refer to ourselves as a mobile visual browser. Uh, what that means is we harness very sophisticated computer vision and image recognition technologies now to effectively be able to recognize anything in the physical world around us through the eye or camera of the smart device and immediately recognize it and translate it into a digital content experience. So think search without words. Tell us so, how this is, Jessica, tell us how this is different than augmented or reality. So augmented reality is fascinating and we're very well known for that as a technology. That is obviously the business of um, putting content as if in the real world. So overlaying the camera's view of the world with enhanced content. So uh, sort of recreating ruins or having bubbles that appear that point your direction in one way or the other. Uh, and we do a lot of that because that's a really exciting application for things like brands and media owners to um, to bring their physical world assets to life in a very fun and visual way. Uh, but where we're diversifying now is into uh, making the image recognition actually more the primary tech because how you then deliver information off that visual recognition doesn't have mm -hmm. to be floating as if on that physical thing. It could simply be a sound file that plays that is um, an audio guide to the piece of art that you're looking at, or could be a web link that opens up immediately that enables you to buy that handbag that you've just seen the person next to you on the train um, modeling. So it, 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 we're enhancing the content applications of what we can do with that visual recognition. And AR is a big part of that. And it's something that our brand and advertising partners, uh, which, by the way, is our, our, our main monetization source right now, uh, they love AR. So tell, um, tell us, tell Jessica, tell, give us an example of how you're working with one of those guys. 
So a uh, number of different ways. So, for example, we've worked with Pepsi and Coke. Uh, we've worked with them to turn their products, their bottles, their cans, interactive. So as a user, what that means is you would see a can, uh, perhaps during the um, uh, the World Cup, the Football World Cup, and it would say, I'm interactive, blip me and bring me to life. Uh, and what you then do as a user is you open up your, your Blipper app on your phone. You simply look at that can and right in front of your eyes, you don't take any pictures, right in front of your eyes, the can jumps to life. You get to play a football game with it. You get to see some of the stars of the World Cup come to life off the off the can you mm -hmm. get to enter enter competitions and uh, and more uh, another example might be a cereal box so lucky charms in the states for example if you if you look at a box of lucky charms and you can play a game with the little um goblin uh, and get him flying down the rainbows and take your photograph with him and, and again and more educational tools as well that they're that they're doing for children so it's a fantastic way for brands and advertisers to amplify their physical real world assets and to effectively turn their products into a new media and this so is what game would you, changing for them well yeah, and this space jessica is so brand new even to my listeners it's probably a bit abstract but virtual reality you know augmented reality and more importantly how are people going to use that tech to deliver value to the world which is really where i think blipper you guys are coming into play and look you i think the total funding is a raise what 99 million dollars something like that yeah, just over 100 we've raised today. Okay. That's right. Yeah, just over $100 million. So again, you're obviously on to something. What, give me an example of a, a company like Pepsi. How do you, you're the, you're the CMO, so I don't know if you're actually the one closing the deals, but what are they paying you? Are they paying you like a per project basis or a per, how do they pay? So it, it really varies. Obviously, in the early days, a lot of the work we were doing was proofs of concept. So it was a case by case, campaign by campaign type initiative. They'd come to us with a brief. They'd say, we're doing this sponsorship of the World Cup or we're launching this new product or we're doing this press or outdoor campaign. We want to amplify it and make it more experiential. And we'd enter into a creative and technical brainstorm with them and their agencies uh, about what content we could deliver and how we could really turn this into something that was very proactive, had a long dwell time and a huge number of users buying more of the products in order to uh, engage with that experience. These days now, we've been in the market long enough that we have uh, long entrenched relationships that are ongoing, more like a retained relationship where we're at CMO level. We are talking about every campaign six to 12 months out rather than six to eight weeks out. Uh, and pricing is, is down to a number of different factors, from technical and creative design time to technical and performance fees, according to uh, how many interactions um, the partners the partners get. So oh, interesting. It's, it's a combination of consultancy um, and technical fixed fees. So uh, Jessica, that, hold that on. I want to stop you real quick because I want to break that down. So let's role play here. Let's say I'm Procter. Are you working with Procter & Gamble? Um, I can't possibly reveal that right now. Oh, okay. But, um, uh, well, yeah, that's okay. Let's roll. Let's role play. Let's role play for a second. Let's say I'm Procter and Gamble. I have a razor, right? A new razor coming out. I want people to be able to use Blipper. They go over the razor, and the razor comes to life with a little face on it and dances or does something, right? Um, so you're starting from scratch. In other words, give me a sense of like the the, the kinds of contracts you're you're closing. I mean, are these are these highly scalable kind of you know. 10 grand per month or these like 10 million per year full on like agency work plus execution plus adoption kind of contracts. Well, as I say, it's really case by case. It used to be that we were looking at five figure campaign by campaign deals that uh -huh. we were working on. We're now looking at seven figure retained relationships that are across a whole portfolio of products for large brand owners such as Nestle and and, and the Procter and Gamble's of this world. Um, and um, it really, really depends on how 
in depth and how entrenched we are with their teams um, and how closely we're working with the agencies as well, because we prefer the agencies to be doing a lot of that creative work. Yep. For our product and our business to be scalable, we kind of don't want to do all the stuff that isn't our bread and butter. We kind of have done that in the past in order to demonstrate best practice and to build beautiful, beautiful experiences that we think do showcase the tech well. But increasingly now we're, we're getting the agencies to do more of that and training them in those skills. And of course, there's huge revenue opportunities for them in that so that we can just do the technical so, uh, mapping of that of that. So content. Jessica, what, is, what would you say the annual, so on an annual contract, the average deal size that you guys are working with? Obviously, you can't talk about a specific client from confidentiality reasons, but what's an average? It's um, it's it's a it's a six figure deal now okay. is an average that we're working on sort of middling six figures, I think would be fair to say. But as I say, if you ask me that question in six months time, it would probably be That'd very be different. different to what it was six months ago. I mean, it, yeah. the, the whole revenue model is um, is expanding and growing as as our applications are expanding and growing. And give us a sense of, of scale you're at right now. We know how you are on the consumer side with over 60 million, I think, monthly active users. But how many customers are you currently working with? So we're working with well over um, 500 different brands and asset owners to date to bring to bring their marketing collateral and products to life. And those range from the big brands that you've discussed through to art galleries um, and schools um, and educational textbook publishers. Um, we, we were very, very diverse now and touching upon pretty much every sector um, going through done work in travel and motoring and um, computers in B2B and sort of accounting services. You know, it really is incredibly, incredibly varied. And so, and what year, just remind me, what year, Jessica, were you guys founded in? 2011, we started. So we're five years old oh, wow. uh, uh, next month. Congra actually. Congratulations. How many team members as of March 2016? <sighs> oh, now you're testing me. Uh, around about 300. Wow. Um, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So I have only met probably about a third of that number. And indeed, we have 14 offices around the world and I've only been to four of them. So wow, wow, um, wow. you're also talking to somebody who's just returning from maternity leave, which in the UK is Congratulations. Um, slightly more civilized than the US, uh, sort of 12 weeks or so. So I keep getting in the lift here in London and people get in with me and, and press that floor number. And I'm and like, Oh them. God, do you work for us? Or are you That's a supplier? so funny. It's kind of embarrassing, but thrilling. Well, it, sound, it sounds like, thing. it sounds like the growth is amazing because you're one of the co-founders, right? Mm -hmm. So 2011 founded over 300 team members plus now. Um, is it? Can I do the math this simply? You said number of customers about 500. Annual average deal size is now in the six figures. Is the math as simple as going 500 times 100 grand to say you guys did at least 50 million in 2015? I'm afraid we don't disclose revenue figures at, uh, at this stage. So uh, no, the math wouldn't be that simplistic because there's every range uh, in between. But I'm afraid I can't. I can't talk revenue or turnover. I'm sorry. Well, Jessica, if you give us a sense of, uh, can you give us some kind of range just so we can understand it? I mean, is it is 50 million high or low? Um, I, I can't give you a range. I'm sorry. I really can't talk, talk revenue at this stage. Okay. Sensitive information. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's I totally understand. Um, so, uh, I guess what, more what I'm trying to understand is the kinds of there's all kinds of people listening right now, ranging from CMOs at places like Procter and Gamble all the way down to all smaller businesses. And you know, people are going to be wondering, well, are these the kinds of people should I reach out to Blipper and try and work with them, right? And so it's hard sure. to get a sense of if 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 annual average deal size is a hundred grand, right? So that's going to say yes to some people and it's going to turn other people off. But okay. you're saying right, it's hard to answer that question because yeah, yeah. 
We, our platform is um, obviously of huge interest to those big companies and our, it's our relationship with those companies and the data and the strategy that is really the core value we offer at, to those businesses. Having said that, we are investing in a number of different tools, including self-service tools that, uh, SMEs, okay. that SMEs can access. Yep. So the, the sort of 500 number is sort of big brands where we've worked directly with those companies, but there are actually tens of thousands of organizations that have harnessed our technology in more of a self-service model. So using Great. a tool that we have in place called Blip Builder, um, which is very, very low price and low entry um, to, to, to have access to. And we're talking $100 uh, starting point rather than you know, thousands and thousands. So apologies, I should have caveated that. But to date, the vast majority of our revenues have been direct because we've been working with these brands to effectively pioneer proofs of concept about what the technology can do. But it's our intention that this would be a mass accessible platform to absolutely everybody and that model is rolling out very actively right now so, uh, and something that I would encourage anyone to look at. You can see it on our website if you go to the Black Builder page. So one of the unique challenges that you've already solved, I want to make sure we, we learn this from you, uh, is you've got 65 million active users. And anytime there's a new technology, like in order to sell these brands, these big deals, the first question is, well, wait, is some, are, are people actually using Blipper, right? Otherwise, it doesn't matter what the Coke can does when the, or the Pepsi can does when you, yeah. when you go over it. How did you incentivize the users to get on board? How did you solve the chicken and egg problem? Yeah, so ours is a really interesting model because we, we've never actually marketed ourselves directly to consumers. We've always been a conduit and a window that is marketed by the the clients, effectively, whoever has that asset. So rather than um, partners thinking that when they, they get on Blipper, they have access to that 16 million, that's kind of not the... The, the truth of how the platform works. Uh, instead, what we're offering is a way to amplify the marketing reach of whatever that product or that marketing campaign is doing already. Because ultimately, the partners themselves are, are, are getting people to download the app. Uh, they're saying, Pepsi is saying, download Blipper in order to bring this great experience to life. So they're and driving that usage. Yes, and that encourages incremental purchase and also um, a much deeper relationship with their consumers that's much more engaging and generates repeat purchase. So where are uh, where are all those downloads happening, Jessica? Because like when I open Blipper in the in the app store, I see only 15 reviews. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not looking in the right spot. Where are most of those downloads happening? It's very international now. Obviously, we have offices all, all over the world. I mean, we've had a lot, obviously, in Europe because that, that's where we've started. But we've been in the U.S. now for three, four years. I should say those downloads as well are across the business group. Um, and so they're partly Blipper. They're also part Layer, which is a company that we acquired uh, three years ago, uh, which was in a similar space. Indeed, was the market leader within our space uh, for, for some years. Was it a uh, talent acquisition to, or a revenue acquisition? Was, or tech? It was a talent acquisition. Primarily, we brought together the leading brains uh, in Europe within this field. Uh, and it's been a great marriage of... And you'd um, say the field's AI, uh, you know, augmented reality, right? Yes, yes. I mean, now very much diversifying into AI um, and broader computer vision uh, technologies. Uh, but at that stage, yes, we were the two leading players within the AR space and we brought that talent together and the data from that cumulative audience of, of downloads. And now we are very much becoming a data company and we have more data than anyone else as to how people use the camera in this way, what they're looking at, 
what they want to look at that they they can't access content on and and how they're playing with this content and that really is 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 the insight that we have that nobody else in the world has right now. And just got last question before getting to my favorite part of the show. You've raised obviously like 99 million bucks, right? So uh, I assume I assume you've you're not, obviously that's not all on a note, right? You guys have done several priced rounds. So we've done that was a series D. So that was okay. our fourth round that we closed last month. That's right. So when, once you obviously get into the VC world, and I mean, I, I'm guessing at a minimum, there's a one X liquidation preference, but sometimes you see even harsher where there's three X liquidation preferences, which means, you know, you got to sell the thing for at least 100 million or go public before co-founders or any common stocks see any return. What's your guys' vision for this long term? What do you want to do with the business? The simple answer to that question is we want to become a verb in common parlance um, and we want to see that journey through as founders and as a management team here at Blipper. Um, you know, we are we're certainly not looking to sell. We're, we're not in the market for an acquisition. We, as, um, as, as co-founders that started this business, will not be happy until to blip is a word that is uh, as commonly known as liking on Facebook or Googling something or I tweeting. Become um, a verb. That's the goal. Yeah, and we're nowhere uh, as far as that just yet. We have a brilliant reputation and, and and great awareness amongst the marketing communities, amongst advertising media professionals and brands. Uh, but as of now, we haven't yet had that consumer cut through. And this is a big and very exciting year for us this year, where the technology is transitioning um, in, into this visual browser, where we're turning the whole world on rather than just the interactive assets that our clients have worked with us on. Um, and this is really going to be game changing because if you open up the app now and start to scan a room with it, you'll see that it's recognizing everything, not just the um, the, the, the the Pepsi bottle or the... the so the, it's recognizing the objects, e including people. Like if I scan my bookshelf, it's going to recognize all the books, even though if those books aren't direct B2B clients of you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And now it's, it's doing so right now with the, the brain of a kind of four-year-old child is going book, car, boy, girl, plant. Um, but the next version of the app will be so much more sophisticated. It will say, well, that book is Captain Corelli's mandolin and that car is a Jaguar and that plant is actually a, a tulip flower. Uh, and that boy is, uh, well, that man is that famous uh, comedian. So it's a visual yeah. search concept you described yes. earlier. And it will be, it'll be reaching maturity of a, an adult brain uh, within the coming year. And that's what's so exciting. And that will create a whole new behavior to what we're doing with Blipper, that rather than it being reactive and you having to wait until a Pepsi can tells you it's interactive, you can actually just whip it out and start looking at things and, and, and extracting information about the physical world and answering the questions that you have and stating your immediate curiosity as you're looking at it rather than waiting to be prompted to do it. And that will see a very dramatic consumer um, tipping point that yeah. we're, we're hugely excited about. Well, it's going to be fun to watch. What are you using the, the $100 million on? Is it mainly headcount or what? Right now, yes, it's it's technology. So it's it's getting the very best and brightest engineering talent um, around the world to work with us on on realizing that vision. And alongside that, it's, it's building great consumer stories and obviously marketing the proposition, uh, following the tech being ready and with each iteration of the app hitting hitting the app stores. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a costly investment, but mm -hmm. it's one that um, that, that we're, we're, we're midway through and very, very happy with um, how, how that's developing. Well, Jessica, before we get into my favorite part of the show, if people want to connect with you personally online and watch this journey as you develop your baby into a, a baby brain to a human brain, where can they follow you? 
So I'm on Twitter um, and I'm, I'm trying to get more active on it. I, I was a, a fairly passive reader on Twitter for a long time. So at Jess Butcher. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn and Blipper.com also has a huge amount of information about what we're doing and is kept up to date. Our blog is uh, is very recent and at Blipper, our Twitter handle is where we talk about issues within our space and obviously tech developments that we're rolling out at any one time. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win a hundred bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes and then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, and you came out of nowhere. Your website's growing so fast. How'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator. I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator. And the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin. And guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Awesome. Well, Top Tribe, we will link to all of that in the show notes at NathanLadka.com forward slash the top 315. Again, forward slash the top 315. Jessica, it's now time for my favorite part of the show. My heart is beating. Sometimes I sweat during this segment because I love it so much. Tell me, do you know what time it is? What time it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's you're like, it's the end of the workday. I'm a new mom. I'm tired. Yeah. I want to go home. Jessica, it's time for the famous five. The rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Number one, favorite business book. Uh as a marketer, anything by Seth Godin. I'm uh I'm an absolute fan and everything he says is like nectar to me. So Seth Godin, his whole works and his blog. Next, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? I really, I was, I was fortunate enough to meet Aaron Levy when I was out on the West Coast a couple of years ago. And I love him, his ethos, his philosophy, and the culture that he's building within his company, as well as obviously the huge success that, that Box.com is enjoying. So uh, Aaron Levy, although personally, I, I follow a lot of female entrepreneurs as well. I find reading other female entrepreneurs' stories very, very inspiring and I, I, I harness my network and, and really work it here in Europe as well, because I think it's so important that we provide role models for the next generation. So important. I think we need more females in entrepreneurship and you're a shining example of that. So that's one of the reasons I was thrilled that you're able to come on the show. Number three, Jessica, is their favorite online tool you have like HostGator? This I'm really boring for a bleeding edge high tech um, <laughs> technology business. My go to tools are LinkedIn and um, Twitter. Awesome. Twitter, Twitter for news and insight and keep me informed because I'm following all the very best people. Uh, and LinkedIn um, for being able to get me effectively to anybody uh, that I can potentially do business with in one form or another. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, they're the, my first apps that I open um, in the morning whenever I have any downtime. Next question. You're a new mom. You're building this business. You have, you know, 300 employees, 100 million raised, 65 million monthly active users. Yes or no? Are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? No. <laughs> no. Okay. I wish. I know. Last, so last. I heard, I just quickly add to that. I heard, yeah. the, um, was it Randy Zuckerberg who said there's five things an entrepreneur can have and it's work, family, friends, sleep, and exercise. You can only pick three. 
and I pick work, um, uh, friends and, um, and family. There you go. That's a good model to live by. Last question, Jessica, take us back to your 20 year old self. What do you wish that she knew? I wouldn't be very polite. I would say to her, um, fake it till you make it. Stop being, <laughs> stop being so cautious and uh, just get out there and pretend that you, you're making it and, and, and then you do. I think that's great advice. Well, Tom Tribe, there you have it. Fake it till you make it. Pretend like you're doing really well and then you will. That's the secret yeah. to life. From Jessica, somebody that I think everybody needs to follow, leading female entrepreneur, over 100 million raised, 65 million monthly active users, and a super high-tech bleeding age uh, kind of, or bleeding edge uh, technology blipper. Jessica, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks, it's been a pleasure. If you guys enjoyed Jessica today, go back and listen to Salim Chowdhury from yesterday. He just sold his software company, skillbridge.co to TopTool, but why'd he sell? Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right? When you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator, Go sign up now to get your free money. Hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.